Welcome to Hustle and Thrive, a working culture podcast for conversations on living, working, and thriving in arts and culture. This episode is hosted by Yomi John with co-host Stephanie Draker. So we're still in lockdown and we hope you are doing well, are safe and healthy. Since we started lockdown, arts organizations have made changes to the way they work. And one example is Arts Etobicoke. On this episode, we talked with Akshara Naik, Program and Gallery Manager, and Heather Irvin, Development and Communications Manager at Arts Etobicoke, to find out how they are adapting. They talked about working from home as a team, the new skills they're learning to deliver programs and content, and their community and solutions-focused approach to coping in this pandemic. Enjoy. Hey, we're talking to Akshara Naik and Heather Irvin of Arts Ectobico today. Thanks for joining Steph and I for this episode. Um, we know Akshara from our roundtable discussion for newcomers in the arts. Akshara wrote a wonderful piece on Facebook after the event, and we thought she has to be on this podcast. And I'm also glad that she invited Heather to be a part of this as well. They are joint forces to speak on the great things that Arts Etobico is doing. So um, could you give us, and I'm going to start with Akshara, could you give us an overview of Arts Etobico? What are, what are your roles and how how... Do you support the community? Um, sure, yeah. Uh, so first of all, thanks for having me over. Um, and uh, to talk about uh, Arts Etobicoke, we are a not-for-profit charitable organization that focuses on improving people's lives through arts. Uh, we have a community hub that is open to everyone, and we believe in providing equitable access to the arts to everyone, regardless of their economic or social uh, status. All of our programs are free, and it is a place where everyone can freely express their art and culture through a variety of ways, programs, um, such as exhibitions, workshops, events, parties, uh, classes, and professional development series for artists. Um, to talk about myself, I am a newcomer visual artist and an arts administrator. As every artist, I wear multiple hats all the time. Uh, but my day job is working as a programs and gallery manager at Arts Etobicoke. Um, I've been associated with Arts Etobicoke since 2018 when I first started teaching um, art classes and then moved on to this role in 2019. Um, I have always been very invested in community arts, and that has also been reflected in my individual art practice, um, as uh, well as uh, being involved uh, heavily into teaching art at various other organizations. Uh, making Etobicoke my home when I first came here in 2017 uh, eventually led me to connect with my local art service organization, and that was Arts Etobicoke. Uh, that is when I started learning about how well it supports its local artists, does fabulous community work of connecting communities through art. Uh, just to talk a little, little more about Arts Etobicoke, um, we do support community in numerous ways. Firstly, we have many different communities that we serve, um, artists providing paid opportunities to teach and then uh, present. We also provide professional development workshops and space, uh, safe space uh, to community and artists both to come and communicate and gather. Uh, we have exhibition opportunities for um, local artists. Uh, 
as well as uh, newcomer artists. Uh, we do have a dedicated spot for a newcomer artist um, every year. Uh, last year, we showed David Chinyama, who's from Zimbabwe, and had a fabulous exhibition experience with him. Uh, that, that was his first solo exhibition in Canada. So we do provide such platforms to um, local uh, newcomer artists, especially. Um, we do have a membership community, both individuals and groups. We provide promotional support, mentorship, professional opportunities, and our biggest communities are neighbors, people who live and explore Etobicoke. Um, our programs are designed for them. Um, also, I would say that nothing is top down. We always look forward uh, to receive feedback from our community and local artists and host consultations, practice out active outreach and encourage community groups and individuals uh, to share their ideas with us. And all of this informs the programming we do. Yeah, that's a lot of things that you guys are doing. Um, Heather, what about you? Like what what can you tell us about what you do in terms of your role for Artsitopico? Yeah, um, I have been with uh, Artsitopico in various roles for almost six years now. I am also a proud Topico resident uh, and a transplant from the prairies, so prairie proud. <laughs> um, I work a lot with our community stakeholders, our politicians, our community members, and very closely with the whole team at Artsitopico. I am the communications and development manager, and we have a communications and development coordinator. So we liaise with all of our program managers, the executive director, the operations manager, and really try to work communications and outreach and community engagement into every aspect of the work that we do. And I'm so proud to say that I work at Arts Topico and that I work with the people that we work with. We have a phenomenal team. Um, and to Akshita's point about the work that we do being informed by the community and everything being designed for our community members, we're, we're so thrilled to be able to support our community and our artists in real time, especially during this crisis, which I know we're going to talk a little bit more about, but that's how we sort of started to do these online classes. We had instructors come to us and say that they relied on this work for valuable income. And we brainstormed with them on how we could keep delivering programming. And to support that, our seniors community, which we've been doing programming for uh, weekly, we have about 30 to 35 seniors coming every week to do programming. And they came to us and said, please don't stop. I know we're not allowed to come out, but how can we still do these classes? They rely on this, these programs for social interaction, to battle isolation, and to keep their minds fresh and engaged. So we listened to that feedback from both our artists and this community and sort of found a way to move forward. And, and that's such a pivotal role that uh, the local arts service organizations do play in terms of engaging with the community. Um, I'm just wondering, in, in in this uncertain time when we're seeing everyone shifting their focus online, you know, whether that that are the the you know, are the programmers like us um, or the audiences, you know, maybe you can expand a bit about what you're hearing from the community and how you're adjusting to their needs. Definitely. <laughs> I'll let Akshita maybe speak to the classes because she she is our programmer, but I can, I can say that are always looking for feedback in our uh, on our social media and in our newsletters and every way that we're community communicating with our community. We are asking them what they want to see more of, how we can engage, and really uh, focus on um, 
on what we could do for them. I think it's really important in this time for us as an organization to keep it positive and focus on what we are experts on. So for us, we've realized that we're experts on creating high quality arts experiences, on providing classes and workshops, and on developing community through the arts. So the question for us became, how can we do that from home? Yeah, and uh, just to expand on that, what Heather mentioned, um, it came uh, through the feedback from our art instructors and seniors. So we did start with pre-recorded classes uh, for seniors, especially to deal with their um, isolation. And then we stepped back and looked at other options to create interaction so that we could address the connection, inclusion, and the ability to process our, our circumstances. Um, we, I'm, I'm very proud to say that uh, we started programming six days a week. Um, we did it from Tuesday until Saturday. Uh, we also had like glimpse of uh, different uh, offerings uh, through different platforms. Um, we used Instagram Live. Um, we used Zoom for our uh, classes with children. Uh, we used pre-recorded uh, videos, as I said, for our seniors. And um, very interesting part, I would say, is we were able to take our physical gallery space into this virtual world. Um, although thanks to our amazing website designers, developers, and communications team to bring this up together and make it work. Um, so we do an annual Judit Art Show, which happens to be in the spring, uh, which is the exact time of this whole craziness around. Um, but since we were <laughs> working on it for a couple months, it made it a little easier for us to launch right away and made it the right moment. Um, we do receive the overwhelming response for our Judy Dart show every year. And this year as well, we received over 200 plus submissions. Um, so the selected artists uh, were able to, we were able to represent them uh, and promote them through our virtual gallery space. But that just does not end there as uh, we were able to add an interactive element to it, um, which is known as Be the Curator, uh, where um, anyone, um, you, me, anyone who's visiting our website and goes under gallery would be able to look at all the submissions that we have received and select uh, certain, certain pieces that they enjoy or they like uh, to curate their own show, which then gets published on our website. Uh, which asked them basic questions. And this was supported largely by the Digital Strategies Grant uh, that we got last year. And this is also helping us gathering data and understanding the community needs in a much better way. Um, I think Heather would be able to expand a little bit more on the specific grant that we received last year. Yeah, so we are currently coming to the end of year one of a five-year digital strategies grant through the Canada Council for the Arts, which for us, thank you so much, we're pretty excited about it and really excited about this digital Be the Curator online gallery. It's such a phenomenal interaction for our community and way for us to understand their art preferences, um, what they think about uh, an exhibition and how they think about a curated show. So it's very exciting in that way. Um, and this Digital Strategies Grant for us focuses on community outreach and story gathering so that we can better inform our future programming. 
It also has a very heavy digital component. So we had recently overhauled our website and online tools and are working with an absolutely incredible digital team called Surface Impression, who will be visualizing all the data that we collect and creating sort of a heat map almost of a topico and arts preferences, cultural practices, and everything that people are already doing and what they want to be doing in a topico in arts and culture. So because of that process, we'd already set up uh, our digital presence and we're ready to thrive online and be able to pivot quickly in this time of change. And I yeah. must add to that that um, although it's me and Heather representing um, the organization today, I think it's really possible because of our collaborative team. And we're so blessed to um, have the co-workers that we have today with their multiple skills. And everyone is so solutions focused. Uh, we have daily meetings to check in and discuss what's coming up next. Uh, so that keeps us going. Um, and our programming is entirely a group effort. Um, staff members are trying new things things like video editing and Instagram <laughs> lives. And I went Insta live for the first time ever in my life and I enjoyed it so much. Um, that <laughs> and you were so great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so yeah, we all, our staff members keep motivating each other to do the good work that we are doing. And that is, I think, is very important during such difficult times uh, that brings out the uh, hidden skills that we all have in us. I, I was just going to say, we always joke about, you know, when you get a new job in the arts community and you sign your contract and there's always that line that says other duties as required. And, <laughs> and I think everybody has this sense of, <laughs> you know, like a sense of dread, like, oh my God, what are those going to be? Like, am I cleaning bathrooms? Am I sweeping alleys? <laughs> <laughs> We're so lucky that everyone on our team is really fully embracing those other duties as required. <laughs> yeah, and it's great that the other duties are actually they seem they sound like they're fun activities because now you guys are mm. all learning to do all these things. For example, like editing, going on Instagram live, like it's work. It, it is work and it's it takes a lot of effort, but it's like, okay, we're actually working together to do something great, learning new things, and we're doing this for our community so that we can keep programming going and keep people engaged. I, I, I just wanted to, um, well, first I wanted just to just applaud um, um, you know, Heather and Akshata and the whole Arsitopico team for um, being able to adapt in such a way. I mean, it sounds like you were already thinking this way before, so you're able to be, you know, quite nimble um, and, and just um, quite readily. Um, I'm wondering, though, for the folks and, and the other arts organizations out there who maybe um, weren't anticipating uh, something like this happening or maybe not prepared, do you have any advice on how they can get started um, shifting their thinking to online programming? I would say, think about what you're the best at. What does your organization do well? Talk to your whole team, sit down, have a Zoom huddle or a Google chat or whatever it is that you like to talk on and really find out what did you take pride in as an organization and what do you think is your best program? And then pivot that program or that class or that live painting or whatever it is and think about what it is that you do best and focus on that. And that's sort of what we were able to do. We're not doing every single program that we offer online. We're thinking about the things that we do best, the things that we are very passionate about. So for us, it's creating community, creating opportunities for people not to feel isolated 
removing barriers to participation and creating high quality arts experiences. So we sort of looked at those pillars and how we could deliver that in a digital world. And for every organization, it's going to be a little bit different. And it's not always going to be smooth. Some of the things that we did weren't as successful as some of the others. And then we would debrief and really focus on your team and your skills. So, you know, we talk every day at 10 a.m. We start um, with a short stand-up huddle, we call it. So everyone can have a quick check-in, we can bounce ideas off each other. We can talk about the things that we've engaged with outside of work that we were really passionate about that inspired us. And then we can come up with ideas that might work for us. We can troubleshoot our programs that happened the night before and really just have that sense of community amongst our staff so that we're able to move forward in a positive way. Yeah, I was just going to add that along with um, knowing the strength of your team, I think um, um, it's also important to know the strength of your community. Um, as we started, um, I mean, I personally was very surprised when I saw that the seniors that we ran physical, like in-person classes with were so technically sound. And I wouldn't have ever, I mean, that's my assumption, which clearly is wrong. (laughs) And I should not be assuming any of that, that seniors are not good uh, technologically or they have technical barriers. Some may have and they need support and that's totally fine. But in our case, I think um, we've had more... um, seniors join in to do this online uh, video classes than in-person classes. So it has almost like doubled uh, our strength uh, and which is amazing. It's incredible. We, we can only fo- have about 35 seniors per week in our in-person class, but we're mm-hmm. having over 200 engagements per crafting wow. and quarantine video that we release, which is just incredible. And Akshita keeps getting all these emails from seniors <laughs> being like, I can't wait for next week. What do I oh. need? And um, our instructor is really working on what you might have in home. Like this week, you know how you're not allowed to bring your reusable bags to a lot of the grocery stores. So people mm-hmm. are piling up these plastic bags. So she did a crafting and quarantine tutorial on how to make a reusable grocery bag out of all of your plastic bags that are piling up with an iron mm-hmm. and parchment paper. Like that's all you need. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like all the things that you guys have said because it's brought up the idea of accessibility. And you mentioned that in the beginning or before all of this, you had just thirty-five. You can only have thirty-five seniors participating at this um in this program. But now it's like mm-hmm. jumped up to two hundred. So it's like once all of this is o- over, God willing. Um, I mean, what I, I think we can even shift to my next question, which is what do you think about the future? Um, what do you think the future is going to be like for arts um, delivering, art, arts organizations delivering programming? Because I believe that now people, whatever people are doing within their um, individual um, organizations, I'm sure they've come up with newer ideas on how to be more accessible, more engaging. And so... Maybe I'll start with you, Akshada. Like, what do you think the future would be like for for everyone once all of this is over? Um, sure. I think uh, this whole expansion to the new online or virtual world uh, is going to increase and which has already taken toll or has uh, gotten over our lives uh, in such quick uh, time. Uh, 
And I feel that, especially with all our programs, I constantly wonder why did I not think of this online class before? I could have done this even mm-hmm. before. We had all the resources. Yeah. Um, and it's more accessible, although um, our focus has always been around gathering people and bringing them together and um, talking with community and bringing out their stories uh, and supporting them. But in yeah. such times, uh, I realized that um, you could do it online to a much um broader community to a much uh, larger community um and it's all about like redefining what is community like what exactly uh, is that we are talking about community here or what community is that we are addressing um, yeah. um it's funny how um for the uh, be the curator show uh, we also see people accessing uh, our website or that specific program from the states and the uk and um we could have never imagined that before uh if we were not doing this online stuff or um challenging our existing barriers and just talking about what is perceived barriers versus real barriers as i spoke earlier about seniors being technically Mm -hmm. sound uh that has come as an eye opener to me personally and i think part of what we're going to be doing is supporting the genesis of creation that comes after this time of trauma. I think that artists and our community members will have a real sense of renewal and perhaps change priorities and what's important to them in this sort of new world post COVID. Um, And I think work will be created um, to help us process this strange time that we all lived through together and as a community arts organization, our job is going to be to support that creation, but also to provide opportunities for everyone to process what happened. The arts are such a powerful tool. It's a place where everyone is equal. It brings people together. It creates community and connectivity. And our role as Arts Topico, as a community arts organization, as a local service organization in Toronto is going to be to support the healing process, to allow people to explore their feelings and help them process this global trauma. I think that we are going to be a major part of the collective healing process. All community arts organizations are going to be. I think that there's going to be a a time of revival and healing after this. And I think that that's where the arts are going to be heavily relied upon to help community. Heather, I just wanted to to echo your sentiment. And um, Perhaps you can expand a little bit um, based on your role in terms of communications and, and outreach. Um, you know, what do you think that's going to look like? That's a good question. I think that the, the quick answer is nobody really knows uh, <laughs> because we don't have a sense of, of what this is going to look like when it's over because we don't really know when it's going to be over and how it's going to be in stages. So I think that for, for us, as far as outreach goes and communication, Definitely looking at, I'm calling them micro workshops and micro gatherings, <laughs> mm. um, but looking at ways of gathering in small groups um, for a larger project. So for us and this, the programming that we're doing, it's very heavily informed by our community. 
Um, we'll talk more about what we have coming up in the future, but I we have some really big, large-scale projects that require feedback, consultation, ideas, creativity, energy from all of our community members. So how do we access those communities now when we're not allowed to have a gathering of 100 people in a community center or things like that? So we are looking at fun, interactive online surveys. We have some set up right now so that we can get sort of a head start on some of this. It's going to be a lot of conversation I think it's going to be a lot of phone calls. Um, I think there's going to be some gatherings in groups of five to seven people and doing a lot of those. We've, we also talked about the idea of maybe setting up like a, um, not a crisis line, but like an arts line uh, where people can call into Arts Topico and have a conversation and process and talk and give feedback to our staff members. So we'd have like a time with all of our cell phones available that people can call in and we can have conversations about what they want to see in the future for our community, for arts, for culture, for interaction and for community building. So I think that's going to be really fascinating. And our team is very passionate about serving the community. And I know Aksha said it earlier, how we're so lucky with our colleagues and our executive director, Wendy, and our team is just really fantastic and passionate. Like we all believe in what we're doing. So that's going to make these a little easier. So I said those like micro meetings and micro workshops that would all build to a larger project. So we could take, you know, three weeks of doing, you know, three five person workshops a a day kind of a thing and do a bunch of these small workshops and then put all of that through, um, sort of the Arts Atopico machine to come out the other end with what people want, um, to use this digital strategies project that we're working on to sort of um, make an aggregate of that information and put together something special for our community that really represents them, even if we're not able to have them all together at once. I know you already touched on that, Heather. Can you expand on what, what things you have, what next steps you have for Arts Atopico once this is finally clear? We have a few big summer projects that are going to look a little bit different, but that's totally fine. Uh, we're super excited for the Finch Avenue West mural corridor. So this is an extension of a project from last summer where we painted 33 murals with our partners on Finch Avenue West. And this summer we're aiming to add an additional 40 murals with our partner Women Paint. And mm -hmm. these murals will be done by a combination of female identifying artists and community members. Um, so that might shift a little bit into the fall, obviously, um, but we're looking mm -hmm. at ways of doing these murals still, even if we are having to social distance. So how can we have, the original idea was a 10 day paint jam with the professional artists starting the jam and then the community artists coming in the middle and then the end being community members. And so it would be this really beautiful 10 day process. So we might not be able to do that and that's totally fine, but we're looking at online mural school with mural roots, who's one of our partners and mm. doing these community workshops leading up to the actual paint event online and then having, um, the painting happen sort of staggered. So people would be, 
socially distanced while they're painting. And we would still Mm -hmm. be able to have that sort of amazing impact of all these artists. So it might be longer than 10 days, obviously. Um, But then we would incorporate something like a time-lapse video, which we wouldn't have thought of before, but we'll probably do Mm -hmm. now regardless. Um, so that people can sort of see it happening in real time also and community members can be engaged online. So we'd have like an hour during the day or however that might look where community members could be engaging directly with the artist who's on-site painting. And I think that that's really exciting. The other, I think I say exciting way too much. I'm so sorry, but I'm really excited. (laughs) Um, No, be excited. <laughs> the other project that we're starting this month is augmented reality in Islington Village. And this is for the year of public art, which is 2021. But we received a grant through the Animating Toronto Streets granting project through the City of Toronto and the Toronto Arts Council. Uh, and we got the go ahead to move forward with the project. So the village of Islington. Um, BIA has an incredible set of 30 murals in our community. They run mural tours. They are a really arts focused business community, which is exciting. And that's where our office is, is in the village of Islington. So we had looked at these murals and they're wonderful. And we thought that maybe we could add a little bit, something more to them. So we have this grant to add augmented reality. So we're going to be doing a few augmentations this year with these amazing lead artists we have on Bard, Philip Cote, uh, Hector Centeno, and Luke Garwood. And they're going to be creating augmentations that complement the artwork and that share an Indigenous narrative and the stories mm. of local Canadian immigrants. So we're going to be layering these augmentations on these murals, which have more of a um, sort of colonial early settler feel to them. So this is going to be a really complimentary project to go with those murals. So we're starting work like next week, I think. Akshita is working on contacts right now. And we're going to be having a big Zoom kickoff meeting with all of the partners. And we're working with Albedo Informatics to do the technical side of it. And we have amazing consultants on board. Um, Surface Impression, who I mentioned earlier, is going to be helping us figure out how we can also have an interactive component with our community members as they're engaging. And then through the year of 2021, we're also going to be having weekly mural tours so people can come and have a guided tour of these augmented reality exhibits and then um, you can also experience it on your own but it's really exciting so that's something we're able to be working on in this time when people are isolated so people can be thinking and creating and planning and then that will also require a lot of consultation and community feedback and sort of story gathering sessions and each of the lead artists is going to be doing presentations on their style of work and getting feedback from the community and getting their stories and really telling the narrative of our community as it is now. So that's really exciting. Um, <laughs> Akshita going to be continuing some online programs too. We've so talked a lot. Akshita, do you have anything else? Yeah, I think another exciting outdoor project that uh, we had um, on our schedule is the park party that we've been doing for last uh, few years uh, with Stonegate uh, Park uh, community. Uh, but this year we've moved uh, to a different park, which is Wincott Park um, between uh, North Etobicoke and Central Etobicoke, uh, which is right at Islington and Dixon. And we have uh, Delta as our partner on that um, We've had resource center, yeah. Right, yeah, Delta Resource Center. Um, And we've had in the past um, 
audience about 500 to 600 people join in uh, for that park party. But this year we had a bigger plan to have park parties instead of one party, uh, which I'm not sure if we would be able to do it in the same way, but it will still act as a our role in the recovery process uh, for the community to be able to gather in small groups and still be able to enjoy um, summer or say late summer and fall uh, with amazing food, uh, art activities, live events, uh, some movie nights or things like that. So that's another program I'm really excited about. Um, But as Heather mentioned, all of the murals and for sure continuing with the online programs. Uh, That's just another avenue that I have figured in this um, crazy times that online programs could just be a parallel program that we run despite having programs in our physical space like studio tours and virtual studio tours with the artists uh, and live workshops for people who can't really come in or uh, access our physical space. So breaking those uh, barriers um, of coming into our physical space, but still be able to enjoy all the programming that we um, offer to the community. And I think it's just, it's important to know that for all these projects, we recognize that the gatherings may be smaller than we originally anticipated, mm-hmm. but that we can still create art and we can still yeah. build community. It just might yeah. be in smaller groups and that's totally okay. So we're really excited to be with our community and to foster healing and to grow connections and to create art. You had plans for certain activities you had to do, like, for example, um, the 10-day um, painting activity can't might not be 10 days. It might be m- multiple days because we have to change our behavior once we're out of social um, so, um, self-isolation. And I was just wondering if you can share some encouraging words, because I know you guys probably get a lot of feedback or just people cl- messaging you about why... Um, different things. Maybe some people are worried about how um, they can engage in the future once this is over. So do you have any words that you could share for the um, arts and creative community to make them feel or think positive about how things will go on once we are back to a new normal? Yes, I think artists are needed um, now more than ever. Um, I understand that they may be going through difficult times. It's not easy. It's not easy for anyone, uh, but they're needed in the recovery process. Um, and the community will rely on the artists to help them heal um, heavily. And I think that's kind of a motivation for all the artists, uh, including me, to be able to um, provide uh, through programs or uh, all the skills that we um, have and be able to serve the community or art lovers in the world out there. Um, the other thing, personally, as an artist, I feel, um, and also since I have moved uh, from different places, um, I've been um, not able to connect with so many family, friends, other artist friends uh, that I have um, in different countries, different places, uh, due to time zones and you know, your usual fast-paced work life, uh, which has come to a halt and (laughs) has this corona has just put a break on it. Um, So that I feel is a good thing in a way that it gives me some time to connect back with um, those neglected connections or um, people that I couldn't really 
um, talk or spend time with, uh, even if it's just a small video call or um, a quick message chat or something, which initially um, I kind of um, couldn't find time enough to respond back in time. Um, but now I have that. And with this work from home um, era, I think that gives me more flexibility to do multiple things at one time. Like I am able to do Insta live on my phone, but also attend a webinar and, you know, take as much as possible at the same time. I don't know if that's a good thing, but that's actually <laughs> working really well with me. Uh, I am a person very workaholic and I like to, I have that FOMO fear of missing out on things and I think I'm yeah. not missing out on anything at this FOMO. point. <laughs> <laughs> To add to that, I just want to say also that I think that there is a lot of pressure on on artists, on creatives right now, because yes, we will be needed. And yes, especially in the recovery process. But I also want to say, like, personally, it's totally okay to not be creating anything right now. Like, mm-hmm, sometimes yeah. you just need to eat Oreos in the bathtub or wine <laughs> <laughs> and, and binge some Netflix, whatever it is that you need to do to get through that that's okay, too. And, and that... In this FOMO world, sometimes we like to compare ourselves to what we see online. And I think that we just need to know that everyone is in this together and we're all processing in different ways. Mm -hmm. And however that is for you, as long as it's healthy and not harming yourself, I think that that's that's totally okay where you're at. And that from Artsatopoko's perspective, we just really want to let the artists know that advocacy is happening for you right now. Our encouraging mm. words is that it, it might be hard to see right now, but there are organizations and individuals fighting for you. They know that yeah. you need support, that you need to be paid, that there are a lot of people out there who understand that and are working for you. Your local art service organizations are sister lassos. I, we said lassos earlier, didn't explain it, but we have East End Arts, Scarborough Arts, Urban Arts, North York Arts, Arts Atopico, mm-hmm. and Lakeshore Arts. They're all fighting for you. They're fighting for the artists. They're fighting for the arts community, the Toronto Arts Council, the Toronto Arts Foundation, stakeholders in government, your elected officials. We've been privy to some really great communications and we are proud to be an advocate for the arts community and just to let artists know that people are there. They're fighting for you. They care about you. They know that you're struggling right now and that we're working to make it better. Absolutely. And, and what a, what an excellent point to sort of end on. I mean, um, knowing that organizations, you know, like Arsitopo and, and, and people like your team are so solution focused, um, they are recovery focused and they are motivated. Uh, I mean, you folks are doing a phenomenal job. Um, I, I know, Heather, you said that, you know, maybe we said it too much, but I don't think we did. It is exciting. You're doing very <laughs> exciting work. I'm excited about um, about what is coming up uh, and, and, and I'm truly looking forward to um, keeping engaged work that you're doing. Well, thank you. And we would encourage everyone to come to our website, see what you can engage with, um, be the curator, create your own exhibition, let us see your creativity in that way, and to learn about it. We mentioned accessibility before, and that is something that we are very passionate about. So there's also information on what is a curator? What does it mean to curate something? What does it mean to have a juried show? You know, sometimes we take for granted that people understand the terminology we use. So we just want everyone to participate community, the uninitiated to the most culturally practiced person out there 
to really feel that they have a place in this community arts world? We may not be experts at doing what we are exactly trying to do with the online stuff. So if you have any feedback or if there's anything else that you would like to see uh, in our programs, feel free to drop um, drop us a message or a quick um, email or just throw your ideas at us and we'll try and work on it or we can work together to make that happen for you. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you both were able to join us and share all these um encouraging words, um, very motivational, very positive um, thinking attitude from your team. It seems like you you guys were prepared and and because of that preparedness and because of your um, optimistic and positive attitude, it's like even if you're not in control of what's happening, you're just ready to like jump in and your community is there and you're taking from their feedback and you're just applying all of that to make everyone have a great time in your community. So once again, thank you, Akshara and Heather, for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. And stay safe, everyone. Stay home. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Working Culture. It's hosted by Yomi John, featuring co-hosts from the sector and edited by Santiago Bedoya. If you like our episodes, we want to hear your comments. And please subscribe. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And for more Hustle and Thrive, check out our website at creativeworksconference.com. Join us again.